following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. I want to talk to you this morning about something really important, and it has to do with your energy level. Energy is a big deal. When you have energy, you're really liking it, and when you don't have energy, you're not. How many of you guys today got up and had a cup of coffee, cup of tea, Diet Coke, something? Come on. Pretty much all of us, right? There's something about energy where we, we want energy, we need some energy, we want to get going. I want to talk to you about that and how it works with the kingdom of God. In the natural realm, the industry realizes that we need energy and want it. And that's why, if you haven't noticed, the energy drink explosion, have you noticed that? In fact, they said it's now a $3.5 billion a year industry, these little energy drinks, that this year alone there's 500 new items out there in the energy drink level to get people all zipped up and sanged out, (laughs) wired up. The industry knows that people are looking for energy, and I would suggest that it's true. We do look for energy. The question is, where do we look for that energy? Those kind of energies, they come and they go. People get a rush and a crash, and I don't know where you get your energy. I don't know how you get powered up, but what we're going to see today, there's some people in the kingdom of God. There's some people in the Bible who God gave them a kind of energy, God gave them a kind of capacity that got them through all kinds of stuff, and they kept on going, and it wasn't their own strength, it was in God's strength, and it's explosive, and you look at their life, and you're like, where did they get the energy? They didn't have Starbucks in the Old Testament, guys, they didn't have energy drinks in the early church, where did these guys get their energy? We're going to see that God was showing up on the inside to do some explosive things on the outside. It's a topic that is not talked about, I don't think, as much as it should be. There's a lot of life here. There's a lot of power here. And I think when we begin to understand this, we begin to approach our life a little different. My prayer is that your energy level will totally change as a result of this. We're talking about God's energy inside of you. Now, what's interesting about this, in the book of Colossians... Paul's writing to this church, and he's like, this is such a big deal, it's like a, it's like a secret. He's like, it's a, it's a mystery. No one really gets it. He's like, but I'm about to reveal it to you. So even the early church was learning this new kind of concept. You have to realize the way it worked prior to Jesus the Christ was that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, would come upon people to empower them for an event or for something. And if you read through the Old Testament, Testament, the Spirit of God came upon somebody and gave him or her the power to do this or be victorious here or there. But now in the New Testament, we're going to see a different reality about God doing stuff on the inside that comes out of us. This theme runs through the New Testament. You may remember the story of Jesus talking to the woman at the well. And the woman at the well was a very thirsty woman, spiritually speaking in life. And Jesus said, ma'am, if you drink the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. And not only that, rivers of living water are going to flow out of you. They're going to well up in you. Get a visual on that. Water bubbling up out of the ground and keep coming. You get the visual on that? Jesus is like, if you understand what I have to offer, if you receive and accept, living water can flow out of you. New concept, not in the Old Testament. In fact, no other world religion even presents the reality of God in you. There's some people who think they are God, unfortunately, and there are people that think there's other mystical powers, but the reality of God in you, 
flowing out of you, giving you life and energy, is a, is a profound truth and a reality. Paul knows it. He presents it as a secret. It's a mystery being revealed. Let's follow along if we can. We're going to look at starting in verse 25, Colossians chapter 1. And to set this up, Paul's telling the Colossian church how powerful Jesus really is. He's not just the Messiah. Yes, he's that. He's not just the phenomenal teacher. Yes, he's that. He's not just the miracle worker, but he's God in flesh on earth. He died, paid for the price of the sins of the world, and then when he died, he threw death off. He conquered death. And then he said, when I leave, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you power from on high. The church, the story is still living today through our lives. He's telling them this profound thing about, about Jesus, who he is, and the church being the body of Christ and how he is so committed to this mission. And listen what he says in verse 25 as he starts to impart this reality of God's energy in you and me. He says in verse 25, he says, I have become its servant, talking about the church, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He starts out saying, God gave me a job to do. And this job, he says in his own words, is to present to you the word of God, but he adds an important phrase, in its fullness. Everyone say fullness. There are some, and historically there have always been some, who find parts of the word of God and kind of run with it. But don't look at the fullness of it. If you're not looking at the fullness, if you don't look at the full counsel of God's word, the full counsel, and you start in the beginning as you go through, you see God's nature, his design, his plan for humanity, you get to the New Testament, you see redemption, you start following Acts, you see the power of the spirit through God's people and the story living on today. It's a full gospel. And Paul is saying here, he's like, my job, my commission is to reveal the full story, the full message, the full word of God. And he wants to really present what's called, I like to refer to as the full gospel. And I say that because historically there's been some who present part of the gospel, but not the full gospel. There is, in fact, a full gospel. When we think of the gospel, we normally think of Jesus came, died on the cross for the sins of the world, and rose from the dead. And if you believe and follow him, he'll take away your sins and you have eternity. Hallelujah. That's the main event. That's the gospel of grace. I'd like to suggest to you this morning that the gospel of grace is even bigger than that. That's the main event, but it's even bigger than that. And that's why the apostles who believed in the gospel of grace still had a weight in an upper room. He said, you're not ready to go anywhere. You still need power from on high because God's going to do things on the inside of you that's going to come out of you and it's going to affect everyone around you. It's explosive. God's energy in you. He goes on about this gospel of grace and he's like, I want to present the word of God in its fullness. And, uh, you know, the Pharisees are a good example of this. The Pharisees believed the Old Testament word of God. And even though they believed the Old Testament word of God, they did not identify the power of God in person through Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? I mean, some did. We know some Pharisees acknowledging, but many of them didn't. They understood something about the word of God, but they didn't get the fullness of it because when Jesus the Christ the word in flesh, they didn't even understand, they didn't even recognize the reality of his power. And so sometimes this can happen. Uh, The Bible says 
that in the end times, which if you look at the signs of the times, guys, we're living towards the end of the flow chart. If you're looking at the map, we don't know. No one knows the day or the hour. No one's picking 2012 and all these other things and this stuff like that. No one knows, Jesus said. But if you look at the timeline, if you look at the acceleration of things, if you look at the way the things are going on right now in the world through even some natural disasters and global currencies and a lot of... There is a setup now. We're entering one of the signs that the gospel has to reach the ends of the earth. You couldn't have said that 80 years ago. You can say that now. There are dimensions and things that you can check off a list that say we're getting closer and closer. One of those signs is that, listen to this, there'll be a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. There'll be a form of godliness. There'll be a form of religion, belief system, uh, some kind of liturgy or some kind of you know, methodology of religion, whether it's stained glass statues, just some sort of form of religion, of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And that will be a sign of the end times when people start missing out on the genuine power of God. That's why we're talking about the energy of God today, because you and I can't live this life in this day and age the right way, the overcoming way, the victorious way, unless we understand this energy of God inside of you. Uh, sign of the ends of times. There'll be a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's 2 Timothy 3.5. And some today, and this is unfortunate, other believers, now they believe Jesus is the Son of God and they believe the Bible, but the, the unfortunate part is there are some today, even Christians, who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. If you were to ask them about the present day power and energy of the living God working through his people you would see them retreat on that question. They wouldn't say, oh, yes, absolutely. There are many that would say, no, we have doctrine and belief and we know what Jesus did and we're going to just hold on till he gets back and just trust that God's in charge and kind of white-knuckle it till he gets back. There's another group of people that go, you know what? There's actually a fuller gospel in that. The fuller gospel says that God actually empowers his people and does things through his people and that there's abundant life through the people of God to affect the world around us and that gets really exciting. Paul is acknowledging here there's a fuller message, a fuller picture and I hope not only was it important for them to get it but we have to get it today. And here he goes. He goes, it's a mystery. You want to know what the mystery is? The mystery has not been revealed ever before Old Testament up to now. He's like, you ready for the mystery? And he says it right in the text. He goes, it's been hidden for ages. Finally, it's revealed. You ready? It's Christ in you. Christ in you. Now, I know we say in theory, I accepted Christ or Christ in me. But have you ever really thought about that? Have you ever thought about Christ in you? Normally, we don't think that way. Normally, we think, well, I turned and followed him and I accepted his provision for me and I I am now following him in life. That, that's good. That's true. But have we ever really thought of Christ inside of us? I mean, literally inside of you. Because if you acknowledge that Christ is inside of you, it really changes a lot of things. Because as you're walking around, as you're going to the mall or at work or on the job or in Starbucks or wherever you go out on the sports field or in the industry, if you realize that he's really in you, literally in you, it changes everything. In the spiritual realm, you better believe that the other powers and principalities recognize that Christ is in you. 
The question is, do we realize that Christ is in us? He's like, this is it, guys. There's so much hinges on this mystery reveal, this secret right now. So much energy, power of God hinges on Christ being inside of you. He actually resides in his people. His divine potential is present in all believers. Not all believers know it. Not all believers come to terms with it. Not all believers exercise that or walk in it, but it's a present reality for every believer in the resurrected Jesus Christ. So if you're a note-taker this morning and you're trying to understand more about the energy of God in your life, the power of God in your life, note this first one. It's the full gospel hinges on the power of Christ in you. The full, if, if you want to know any, Paul's like, my job is to tell you the full gospel. Ready? It's a mystery revealed. Christ in you. Bam. Right there is everything. The full gospel hinges on this. Again, we have other friends and believers and family, people we know who, who love God, believe the Bible, are Christians. They miss out on the full gospel because they don't really understand the reality of Christ in you and the ramifications of that. They have a belief system. They acknowledge he paid the price for the sins. They've turned and they followed. They are believers. They have eternity. Hallelujah. But there's a deficit of energy in their life. And this energy source is going to come from right here, what Paul's saying, Christ in you. It's the story of a, of a missionary. He was a new missionary. His name was Jackson. And he was given a car to use for his ministry. And the problem was that the car wouldn't start unless you pushed it. So after pondering his problem, he devised a plan. Uh, he woke up in the morning and he went to the school right near his home. And he got permission to take some children out of class and had them push his car to get it started. And as he made his rounds, he would either park his car on a hill or leave the engine running, and he used this brilliant procedure for two years. (laughs) When it was time for Jackson to leave for a different mission, a new missionary came to serve. And when Jackson proudly began to explain his arrangement for getting the car started, the new man began looking under the hood. Before the explanation was complete, the new missionary interrupted, "Uh, I believe the only trouble is this loose cable. He gave the cable a twist, stepped in the car, turned the ignition, and to Jackson's astonishment, the engine roared to life. For two long years, needless trouble had become routine. The power was there all the time. Only a loose connection kept Jackson from putting that power to work. I believe that's true in the lives of believers. There's power there all the time. There's some sort of loose connection or disconnect why we're not putting that power to work. This is a mystery. Paul says it is. It's profound. So much hinges on this. It's a partial gospel or a full gospel. The secret of the mystery revealed Christ in you. There's a dimension of life and power available, but some have a loose connection and they're still push starting the car. (laughs) They're still leaving it running or parking it on a hill. And, and, And I think Paul would say, There's a bigger story. There's a fuller gospel. There's more power. There's more available. The energy that we try to use in our flesh, there's way more power available in the spirit. If you look at the victory stories throughout the whole New Testament, it's people who understood this secret. This is a secret. They understood it. And it shouldn't be a secret anymore because Paul wrote it 2,000 years ago, guys. This is radical stuff. Uh, The Bible refers to life in a couple of ways. The Bible refers to life as laboring, 
because there's a lot of work to life. There's work we got to do and we labor, we press on, get through. It's not a, a rose garden. This isn't heaven, this side of heaven. We're going to have to work some things out. Refers to life as laboring and running a race. So these are things that take some energy. They take some labor. They take some power. So when we run our labor, here's the question this morning to ask yourself. If there's one question you ask yourself, do you run the race? Do you labor in your own strength? Because naturally, we do. Amen? Naturally, we do. Amen? We just do. We, we don't mean any harm or wrong intent, but very naturally, we do. And what Paul is trying to present to us today is there are some things that you were not designed to carry in your own strength. There are some things in this life that were never ever intended for you to carry in the natural There are some things that can be conquered and overcome in the spiritual realm. It's not going to be done in your strength or in mine. And this is what he's saying. There's two ways to do it, your strength or his. Paul's like, here's the hint. Choose his. How does this happen? I don't know about you guys, but I catch myself all the time doing this. I catch myself all the time, well-intended, but doing something in your own strength. You got a problem And yes, try to figure it out. Pray, work it out, and try to get your head around it and work through things. And wise is the counsel of many. But sometimes we just keep our hands on the wheel and we try to fight through this thing. And we're going to crack the code and we're not going to quit. And we're pressing through and we find ourselves weary and burnt out and the knees are wobbling. Why is that? Why is that, church, when Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light? Think of that. Why is it that we get wobbly and weak and out of energy and fatigued when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light? I would suggest it's because we're doing things in our strength and not his. Would you agree? And we do it very naturally. We don't mean to do it. But what we fail to do is fail to rely on the power of the living God in our lives. And we tend to handle it ourselves. And I think sometimes... We have to get to the end of ourselves where God says, yeah, okay, whenever you're ready, I've got power for you. We're going to do it my way. I'm ready for you, son. I'm ready for you, my daughter. But sometimes it takes coming to the end of our our rope sometimes to do that. I catch myself all the time and I'm trying to commit to earlier on, earlier on saying, God, is this something to be worked out in the natural or is this spiritual? Before you get too far down the road, Because sometimes you find yourself so far down that road and you're burned out and you're tired and you're getting worn out and you need to back up a little bit and walk with him through it because you'll do it in his strength, not your own. Paul understood this, guys. There were a bunch of folks in the New Testament who understood this. Some of you today understand this well. Some of you, this may be new. I wasn't raised understanding or learning about God's power in you. Huh? (laughs) That would be like a Scooby-Doo moment. Hmm? God's power in you? What do you mean by that? Literally, God's power in you. The New Testament's full of stories and more scriptures supporting the power of the living God in the life of a believer. God pours into you so that God can pour out of you. We are not God. We never will be. Mormons do believe they are gods. Mormons believe they're gods. They'll rule on their own planet someday. That's contrary to this revelation. They have a separate revelation that contradicts us. We are not gods. We never will be gods. However, the living God chooses to impart life to us, to put his spirit in us, that if we are in Christ, then Christ is in us. God chooses for life to come out of us. If we are in Christ, the Bible says we're a new creation. 
the old is gone, the new has come. And when we're a new creation, God wants to do some profound things. But I catch myself all the time, maybe you guys do too, we weren't designed to carry some of these things. Paul knew that. You know, a great example of that, Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, you remember the story? It's after the Last Supper, it's before he goes to the cross. He knows what's about to happen. He wasn't handling this in his own strength. He's in the spirit and he's praying and he's saying, Father, if you can take this cup from me, because it's going to be a brutal and a painful one, take it. But if not, let your will be done. He was in the spirit. Apostles, on the other hand, they were over here sleeping. And Jesus comes back to him. Now, granted, they had a bunch of lamb, a big Passover dinner. They were in a food coma or something like that. But (laughs) Jesus comes over and goes, guys, guys, if you had any idea what's about to go down, would you guys please wake up? Could you please have a little energy right now? This is important. If you knew what was about to go down right now, you wouldn't be sleeping. You'd be wide awake. Please wake up, guys. Stay with me, okay? Please pray. Please watch. Be watchful and prayerful. He goes back, comes back. Guys are all out again. Guys, please, please be watchful and prayerful. Have a little energy right now in God because it's important. Goes away, comes back. They're sleeping again. And this is important. They didn't have energy drinks back then. This wasn't a matter of having a Starbucks. These guys weren't drawing from God's power. Jesus told them, if you are prayerful and watchful, you'll get through this. But instead, they're in their flesh and they're sleeping at the wheel in a profound moment of history. And Jesus answered why. Jesus said this, and it's true for all of us. I think we need to be honest about this. Jesus said, you want to know why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen? Spirit, we, we, we mean well. Our intent and our desire is to do things God's way, but we tend to do things in the natural realm and the flesh is weak. That's why we fall asleep at the wheel. That's why we're chasing the wrong kind of energy sometimes. And Jesus understood this really well. Paul also knew this too. When you begin to realize the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, When you begin to realize if you're overwhelmed, it's probably in our own strength, not in God's strength. When you start to understand this stuff, and I'm I'm a student of this as well. I don't claim to have this down, but I am committed to walking this out and learning this and growing with God. I trust you are too. That's why we're here today. But Paul knew this and he had a secret. And he goes on in verse 28. And he says, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Listen to this. To this end. I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. This is radical. He says, when I do things, I don't do them in my own energy. This is what Paul's saying. He goes, I do them with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. You might want to underline verse 29 in your Bible. Uh, With all his energy, which works so powerfully in me. You look what Paul went through. They don't make enough energy drinks in the world to get a guy up and keep going after what Paul went through. Beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead. I mean, this guy's been stoned to death. They thought he was dead. He comes crawling out of a rock pile, walk back into the city. They don't make enough energy. There's not enough Red Bulls on the planet to get you going after this or triple latte, mocha fraps, vortex swirls. They, they, they don't make enough of them. <laughs> Paul knew that and he had the secret. He's like, I do this in God's energy. I don't do it in my energy. And that's why this guy keeps on going. And it's not that he's all burned out and fatigued. He's doing it in the power of God, he says. He says, when I do things, 
I do it with all his energy, which works so powerfully in in me. It's the energy of, of God available to all, but not appropriated by all. And that's the downside. Available to all, but not appropriated by all. Back to that missionary story. Sometimes we've got a loose connection. It's there. It's just not appropriated. It's available. We see it modeled in the lives of believers and other believers today. We see it in Scripture. But a little disconnect somewhere where we're not appropriating the power of the living God. The second point this morning is this. The full gospel, because it is a full gospel, the full gospel allows the power of Christ in you to powerfully work through you. The power of Christ in you to work through you. That's what Paul summarizes. There's a secret revealed. It's a mystery. You want to know what it is? It's Christ in you. And can I tell you something else about the power of Christ in you? His energy works powerfully through me. Do you you see the snapshot here? That's the thesis in a nutshell. That the power of Christ in you is a mystery. When you begin to get it and understand and understand the magnitude of what that means, then you can turn around and the energy of God can flow out of you. Now, Christ is a person. He's not just a power. He is a very person. The Holy Spirit is a person, not just a power. But anywhere you see Christ, you see his power. Anywhere where you see the Holy Spirit, you see his power. They're synonymous. You can't separate the power of God from the person of God. And when Christ is in you, his energy comes out of you. And that's what he's saying right here. So the full gospel allows the power of Christ in you to powerfully work through you. And this gets exciting because if you've been used by God in a way that God did something through you and you know for sure it was God, you know it wasn't you, you go, yes, this gives purpose in life. This gives joy. This gives design. This, you start to get fired up going, that was so cool, God. Would you do that again? That was really cool. In the absence of that, we go through life in our own strength getting burned out, (laughs) drinking more energy drinks and lattes. When we could say, Christ in me, yeah. I want you to have your way all the way, God, because I want to see you do some radical things. Because it's so purposeful, it is so powerful, and it it changes our disposition on anything. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.4, he builds on this theme throughout the New Testament, and so do others. He says, I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words. I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. In other words, he said, I didn't come to you with any brilliant logic or something I cooked up. I didn't come to you with some concept that I studied about and you know, changed anyone's life. No, no, no. I came to you and there was a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And if anybody saw anything and anyone's life was changed, it was a demonstration of the Holy Spirit through me. Do you understand how that works? It's not his gift. It's not his talent. It's not his ability. It's, not his, it's the living God through him. And he builds this theme all the way through. I did not come to you with wise or persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you willing to put on a demonstration? Are you willing to put on a demonstration? Because <laughs> that's what God wants. He's looking for folks that he can put on a demonstration through. He always has been. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for hearts that are completely his so he can strongly support them. God wants to put on a demonstration. And he wants to put on his demonstration through you and through me and for people that are available, and for ones that understand the full gospel reality of Christ in you, and his energy can flow out of you. 
The question is, are you willing to put on a demonstration? Now, in this demonstration, you and I are not the focus. We're never the focus. The living God is the focus. He's the main event. He's the main character. But he's looking for folks to host. So the question is, are you willing to host a demonstration? If you're willing to host a demonstration, the living God would be pleased to put on a demonstration through your life. This is where it begins, guys. This is radical stuff. And he says the whole secret here is Christ in you. Paul later goes on to make these other statements. And my prayer is that we too, when we understand Christ in us and give God the opportunity to flow out of us, his energy, when we give God the opportunity to put on a demonstration through our lives and use us the way he wants to, put on a demonstration when and where and how he chooses to, we'll be able to say some of these things like Paul, Galatians 2.20, where he says, guys, it's not me. It is he who is in me. This is a reality. It's not me, but it's he who lives in me. Paul understands, guys, I got nothing to give. I got nothing to offer, at least nothing that's going to change a life. But when God is in me, flowing out of me, watch out. Worlds change, people change, families change, cities change, towns, neighborhoods, the whole Roman Empire change because a bunch of folks understood this, that it's not me, but it's he who is in me. He also goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, when I am weak, he is strong. Basically, he says, when I am weak, I am strong because of him. I am strong. And a lot of this concept, by the way, that he's talking about is in a context of suffering. When you're going through tough times and when you're going through pressures and you got some burdens, which we all do in this uh, climate right now, when you have them, this is when you need him in you more than ever because you need him to flow out of you more than ever. This is a time where folks are carrying loads that, that are self-inflicted. In other words, God's like, can I carry some? I'll carry some of that. We don't understand it all, but there are some realities about God's power in us. Like John, the Apostle John, he goes on to say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's not just talking about a concept of following Jesus. Yes, we do that. He's talking about Christ in you and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, referring to Satan himself. In other words, what he's saying, and this is the Apostle John who understands this quite well, that if you were walking down a dark alley and ran into Lucifer himself, toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye, John can say unequivocally, greater is he who is inside of you than him. And we're thinking, oh, I don't know about that. It's true. And this is where we got to come to understand Christ in you, the present reality of the full gospel and God's power in you, not to misappropriate, but to appropriate. Because this is the difference between defeat and victory in this world we live in, in the kingdom of God. Uh, Paul said that his job was to present the word of God in its fullness. And I would suggest to you guys that the secret of the full gospel is the present day power of God in the lives of his people. This is the part of the full gospel that some don't get. Some would say, well, whatever the apostles did is over and it died with the apostles. It's funny, something that enormous, a statement that broad and that big is not even written in the New Testament. You would think Paul would say, this profound power and energy working through me expires in about five years, guys. The rest of the church reading this, you're on your own. You think there would be some sort of connection somewhere if God was going to revoke or pull back. and say, In fact, he says the opposite. My gifts and my calling, my gifts, what I give you, it's irrevocable. I'm not taking it back. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and for forever. And that's the reality about Christ in you. This stuff isn't revocable. This doesn't cut off. This doesn't have an expiration date. 
as some would like to think, and some limit the gospel to the beautiful gospel of grace. Hallelujah. We'll never take away from the power. But it's bigger than that. The grace is bigger than just the cross. The cross is profound. It changed eternity forever. However, there is also more present-day power for the people of God to be victorious through the cross, but also through Christ in us and Christ through us. Does that make sense? This is radical stuff, guys. When you get this, it begins to change your whole paradigm. You wake up in the morning and you, you, you kind of just hit your knees and you're like, okay, Christ, you're in me. <laughs> what do you have in store today, God? I want your energy to work. I'm getting burned out. I'm going to go drink a coffee to get going, God, but that's not going to be my answer. I want your power in me. I want your energy working through me. What's the answer today, God? What kind of steps do you, who am I supposed to talk to? That guy in that cubicle over there? Yeah, he's kind of weird. All right, I'll talk to him, Lord, if that's what you want. Or that lady, she's mean all the time. Go talk to her anyway. The living God will begin to show you and you will get to be on display for the living God because... Christ in you, he wants his energy to come out of you. This is a reality that people understood and this is how the Roman Empire got turned upside down. This is how your life, your family, your neighborhood will get turned upside down too. This is a secret. It's a mystery revealed. It's sad that in the church today, there are parts that don't hold on to the secret of this mystery. It's still a mystery to them. This shouldn't be a mystery for any believer in the resurrected Jesus. This is no longer a mystery. It's been written for 2,000 years. And so, if you haven't been able to tell by now, we're a full gospel church. We believe in the full gospel, not part of it, not selective. We believe in the full gospel. We believe in the full counsel of the living God. And our model of ministry, our philosophy of ministry is the word of God and the spirit of God both. When some have the word of God without the spirit, they they learn, they study a lot, they get some knowledge, but they're not open to the power, the present day power. They're just not open to any sort of experience like that. They're usually limited and, and they don't pray for things boldly. And then there's some that love experiences in the Spirit of God, but sometimes they get so carried away, they don't even know what the Bible says about it, and they go beyond what is written. Paul says, don't go beyond what is written. Don't go beyond what's written. But the full gospel would say that God's a God of order, but he's also got power for his people. There are realities of God's presence. There are manifestations of his presence. They didn't die with the first century church. It's God's power through his people, and that's really important to know. And our prayer is that you desire to become full gospel people, full gospel people. Maybe this is a challenge. Maybe some of you were raised with an understanding of the faith that you didn't really, you weren't told much about God's power and you weren't told much about being on display for God's power. And I would just suggest to you, that is the full gospel. That's what God desires for you. Everyone who was an overcomer in the New Testament, victorious, and the people we see for history in the last 2,000 years, all the way up to the Mother Teresa's and everyone else, they understood being on display for God. Christ in me, flowing out of me. It's radical stuff. Again, don't claim to have this down, but I am a student of this, and I am committed to this, and I believe that if we are, we're going to see greater victory. You know, there's been a lot of people through the years who have been trying to understand power and energy, trying to figure it out, you know, trying to figure it out for a long time. Uh, Back in 1752, old Benjamin Franklin, he was intrigued with energy and power. He was looking at lightning, and he's like, You know what, if that can be redirected somehow, when it hits a building, it wouldn't blow the roof off a building or start putting things on fire. So we started thinking, you know, I have this idea that if it can be channeled somehow, it can be taken from a rooftop and put into the ground and not harm anything. And he invented what is known as the lightning rod. In fact, we have a picture. These lightning rods are still being used today. 
New York City lightning rod on the top of the Empire State Building. And when lightning hits, rather than destroy the building, it actually flows through the building. Energy, power. You know what we've learned about energy and power? We've learned that energy, like electricity, takes the path of least resistance. The path of least resistance. In other words, if you put a lightning rod on the top made of metal, it will choose that rather than anything else that's going to get damaged or blown up or burned. It will choose that. It will go through that. It will go into the ground. End of story. No one got hurt. It chose the path of least resistance. I would suggest to you guys that the same is true with the power of God in our lives. The same is true with us. I would suggest that God is looking for the paths of least resistance. God is looking for, God wants to move through people where there's no resistance. He wants to move through people that go, all right, Lord, whatever your will is, whatever your way is, I'll be the path of least resistance. There's something true about the power of God's energy working through people who are least resistant to it that are open to the promptings and open to walking in faith in areas where he says, if I put energy in you, will you be faithful and walk it out? Or will you try to harness it? You know, it can get a little dangerous trying to harness energy, trying to just hold it all in. But if you're willing to power to flow through you, I believe there's a principle in the New Testament that we see again and again, that people ask God to be filled again with the Spirit. And that as they're filled, they're poured out like a drink offering. But God fills them again and they're poured out, and they're filled again, and they're poured out. But if some have Christ in them and try to harness alone and keep for themselves, that is not the premise of God's power and energy in your life or in mine. So I would suggest, like John the Baptist, if we realize I must decrease so he can increase, we will be in a perfect position to be a path of least resistance. Lord, I'll decrease. Whatever space you need that I'm taking up, you can have more space. I want more of you. I want more of your power and presence in my life because I want to be on display for you in a greater way. That, I believe, is the criteria. Third point this morning is God's energy flows through his paths of least resistance. God has paths of least resistance. He's looking through this room, through this city, through this world, and he's going, looking for hearts that are complete. He's looking for folks who are least resistant to what he wants to do. That's a reality that hasn't changed. The people he picked in the Old Testament and the New where people are going, I may not have it all down. It's not about perfection. It's about direction. But they did have a heart disposition where they were saying, God, I'll be the path of least resistant. Bingo, right answer. I can use you. I can pour out through you. You can be on display. Energy can be harnessed or unleashed. If God gives you his energy, his power, the purpose is to be unleashed. Are you willing to do that? Do you want to do that? Is, your, is it your heart's desire to be on display for God? Because some might say, hey, I'm kind of new at this. I don't really know about that. That's okay. You know, this whole thing begins with Christ in the first place. Christ in you before Christ can flow through you. But I would suggest that the more we work in the energy of God, the more the energy will be given to us. And that's our fourth point this morning. The more that you and I work in the energy of God, God will say, beautiful, I'm going to give you more. But if we are given the energy of God and we just harness it and we just hold it, don't expect God to give you more and more and more. Why would he? It's stewardship. It's faithfulness. But when he gives you his energy, when you pour it out for his glory, your cup will be filled again. And the cool thing about the living God, his cup never runs out. He is unlimited in his resources. He can pour out 
and pour out and pour out and pour out. And sometimes it takes us coming to the end of ourselves where we go, I am out of strength. I can't do it. And we realize, you know what? I am in my natural self. I am in my flesh. I might have been well-intended, but all I know is I'm tired, I'm burned out, I need energy. It's not a latte. It's not an energy drink. It's the energy of the living God, Christ in you. That's the mystery. Um, We're going to close in worship, but I also want to offer a prayer opportunity. And we're going to do something a little unconventional. We're going to, in the spirit, this is an altar. We might be in a public school, but we set up the tabernacle every Sunday. And today, this is a tabernacle. Today, this is a temple. And in the spirit, this is an altar up here. And what I want to ask is, there are a few different aspects that I think we all have need, if we're honest about this. We all have need in one of these three areas. And to come, and we're just going to kneel before the living God, and we're going to ask him to, to do something new. And the first area is this. It begins with the mystery Christ in you. If you're here this morning... And maybe you haven't actually said that. Maybe you haven't said, well, I haven't actually opened the door of my heart. I haven't actually let you in. I haven't committed to turn to follow. I haven't actually done that yet. It all begins with Christ in you. We can't go any further unless Christ is in you. And this is where it begins. So that's our first thing. We're going to pray for these in a minute. The next one is, okay, Christ, Lord, you're in me. But Lord, I want you to start giving me some energy and flowing out of me in some radical ways, Lord. I need your energy. I know you're in me. I don't know. Maybe it's like the story of the, the car where the, the power's there, but there's a little disconnect. Maybe there's a disconnect. Maybe there's a reason that we're push-starting it and jump-starting it. And leave. Maybe there's a reason we're, we're, we're disconnect. Maybe, God, would you break through in this area of disconnect because I want your power to flow out of me. And the third is, I believe in you, Jesus, and I understand your energy. Lord, would you show me where? Show me where and how you're supposed to be on display. I want you to be on display. Would you show me where that is? Would you show me who? Would you show me how? These are three areas. And so first, if everyone just close their eyes, bow their heads, I just want to close in prayer as the worship team starts to play some music for us here and we just invite the Spirit of God in. Lord, I just want to first pray. If there's anyone in this room, Lord, uh, who hasn't yet opened the door of their heart, who hasn't yet said, can't point back to a day in history where they said, that is the day I opened the door of my heart, I let Jesus in. That's the day I entered into Christ That's the day Christ entered into me. That your word says that if we believe in our heart, confess with our lips that you're Lord, if we acknowledge that you died for our sins and we turn and follow you, that we'll have eternal life. And Lord, I just want to pray, Lord, if any has not yet made that decision, that overdue decision, or if there's any today that need to just rededicate to you to say, Lord, I followed you, but I've been away. And today I I need to get back. I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I'm coming back. As a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, a prodigal whatever, God, I'm coming back because you're the place I need to be. I just want to agree with you in prayer. Everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. Would you just look up? I want to agree with you in prayer. Anybody this morning wants to do that? A new beginning in the living God. A new beginning in the living God. Hallelujah. Anybody else? A new beginning. Amen. Anybody else need a new beginning, a fresh start? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, for those who are saying new start, Lord, you say that he who is in Christ is a is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I pray today that you would seal a new thing in the hearts of those who are saying, God, I want another start. I want a, I want a reboot. I want 2.0 of the kingdom of God. Would you, would you do a new thing in my life? I pray today you would make yourself so real. And Lord, for the others, Lord God, who, who need, Lord God, they need your energy because they're out of it. I just pray 
that that would be a reality as well. In fact, any who have this request, just come forward and kneel up here. I'm going to kneel as well because I, I want this too. But um, come forward and kneel, and our, our prayer team is going to pray for you, my wife Christy and uh, Scott, if you come up. But if, you, if you're saying, I, I need God's energy, I need your energy, God. I want more of you. I need more of you. I'm doing this on my own strength. And some of you are saying, God, I don't know where you want me to go with the energy you're giving, but please show me where. Please show me how. Please show me where to pour out. We just want to say, Lord, we want to make a public proclamation as a church, as a people. And we want to say like John the Baptist, Lord, may I decrease so that you can increase. We want to say, Lord God, with confidence that Christ in me gives me the energy, that we are more than conquerors in, in, in Christ Jesus, not outside of Christ, inside. I pray we would walk out of here, Lord God, with the present reality of you in us and with the radical expectation of what you can do through us. Lord God, would you have your way in your people? Would you do a new work? I pray for revival in our lives, Lord God. I pray that you would light us on fire and people would watch us burn for your glory, that we would be on display for you, that we would be your workmanship, that people would see, wow, God's doing a masterpiece there. And it's not us, it's you in us. It's your energy in us. It's your power. It's your person. Have your way with us, God. Have your way with us, God. I just pray right now, everybody just would seek God and listen for his voice as just people come around and just, just pray quietly for you. And just... This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit valleymetrochurch.com.